Here is the Crescendo Music Education Podcast, episode number 63. I'm Debbie O'Shea and this is the second part of my chat with Jenny Moon. Her nuggets of fabulous are truly nuggets of fabulous. I think you'll love them and her advice around advocacy you will also find very informative. Enjoy part two of Jenny Moon. Okay, choral pieces. Because people who are listening who take choirs, they're going, oh, I wonder what Jenny's favourite pieces are. Because I'm sure like your favourite pieces would change, obviously. And when you get to work on something, get to know it and love it. But what would you have just some general pieces that are your go-to or your... hmm. Um, My favourite pieces are the pieces I'm working on at the moment. Okay. My favourite choral pieces are the pieces that I'm working on at the moment. And I love all the choices that I make because I make that a point. If I don't love it, I don't really work it with my choirs. I have to find something in it that I love. They're my favourite pieces at the moment because I explore them. And the more I explore the phrasing and the text and the nuances and how I can make it more beautiful and how we can shape it together and how we make it music. That's why it's my favorite. And there's, there are pieces I will come back to, you know, um, that I've done before. And then you go, I loved this piece. And interestingly enough, quite often I'll do something completely different with it, you know, and I go, Oh, you know, I'm, I'm going to explore this in a different tempo or I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to phrase it differently or I'm, and then I go, Oh, I wish I'd have done that the first time, you know, but I've grown as a musician. I, I've grown and I and I've learnt and I've developed different ideas and skills, etc. So yeah, I think my favorite pieces are the ones I'm working on. I think if I had to say my favorite choral work or the work that I was just a, a moment for me is probably Four A's Requiem is just for me, that's it. And I've always said for a long, long time, I really hope that a choir will come and sing that at my at my funeral. Um and I've said it. But it, it it was something that I performed and as soon as I performed it, I just was like, wow. Did you, you conduct know, it or sing in it? No, no, no. I sang in it. I sang in it when I was at the con and I just was like, oh, this, I love this. I loved it. And so I think I had to say it, it's probably my favourite choral work. But, yeah, I I love lots and lots of different styles of choral music lots but there's always a moment where I go yeah that's my moment that's why I love it there'll be something in it and that's why I choose to do it and I think that's really important because if I don't love it the kids are going to know that I don't love it you know and it can be just a 16 bar unison piece that I just go oh that is so fun I love I love that I can have so much fun with that or oh, I can't wait to just introduce that beautiful interval to them. Or it can be, you know, we when I was uh, travelling to France with um, kids to do the Anzac services, I'll never forget um, Stephen Paulus's the, the Road Home. And because I was searching for music that we could sing in the pre-service and at churches, et cetera, it just was a moment of I have to do this piece with these young people. It's just 
it was just something that I was like, yep, I'm, I've got to do it, you know. Uh, and it just resonated with me at the time because it had the context of where I was going and I wanted the kids to relate to it. And because they were going to be singing it at a dawn service on the Western Front, I just knew that we could tap into it and we could connect because that's the thing with choral music, you have to get the connection mm-hmm. because we're the only instrumentalists that get text. We get words. We're so lucky. So, yeah, I haven't, I'm sorry that I haven't got it, my fav, my top 10. But, yeah, I think that's no, the thing. If you, yes. like, if you love it and you think there's something in there that you can connect with your choristers, then, then do it. I think that's more valuable than a top 10. I think yeah. what you've said is very profound. Thanks. And and there's always my favourite choirs, you know. I've got favourite choirs that, you know, I always Oh, I never thought to ask that. Oh, favourite choirs. What they're doing, you know. And, and, and you um, keep an eye on them and steal their repertoire. It's not stealing. Oh, I subscribe to their YouTubes, you know, and you go, I wonder what they're doing. I mean, it's been a bit it's been a bit quiet in the last few years, can I tell you? But, um, yeah, I love YouTube. I love YouTube because you go, oh, I wonder what they, they did in their last tour or, you know, so, yeah. And it can also, YouTube can be really interesting to see how other conductors have interpreted pieces. Yeah, for sure. And and I think it's really valuable tool for musicians to be able to go and and say, look, you know, I've got a score in front of me, but it's, you know, it's got a list of easy and everything. And, you know, I wonder, I wonder, you know, what what it sounds like in a church or in a in a big auditorium or, or, you know, oh, my goodness, Rollo Dilworth's got 400 people in front of him and, and this piece sounds fantastic. And then you listen to the same piece and it's only got 16 and you go, oh, okay, well, hang on a minute. The, you know, it's, that, it's, it's learning those sort of things for people who are, you know, not even just starting out, but you just go, you suddenly hear and you go, yeah, yeah, it's it's brilliant with four hundred, but I, yeah, I can't pull that off. I'm not going to pull that off to the same extent with a with a group of sixteen singers. Mm. And um, so, yeah, love it. Great, great information and thoughts. I love that. Composers, you were talking about earlier. I think in your bio, you even talked about promoting Australian that you love Australian Absolutely. music. Um, it's really important because it is it is tough to make a living as an yep. Australian composer. Absolutely, it is. Um, so, yeah, tell us again about composers and Australian composers particularly. What are your thoughts? We, I believe that we have the best composers in the world. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I believe that. I, I think we are so lucky. We are so incredibly lucky. And why do I love Australian composers so much? I love them because they are writing from a place of being an Australian. And when you're talking text and you're talking about what our choristers are experiencing and what they're doing, then that's really, really important to me. It's important to me that, you know, that our that our kids know about the Emu War. You know, Kath really wrote about the Fearless. Emu War. Well, you know, it's like we need to teach our kids about that. It's well, we do. Can history. I say I didn't know about the Emu War. Neither did I. Until Kath's composition. And I'm going, what an amazing story. Can I say, just from my point of view, one of the things that I think Australian composers have is that warning, I'm going to do a bit of a generalisation alert here, but I believe many of them are great storytellers. Yes. 
I agree with you. Mm. I think they're fantastic storytellers and they get the whole thing about making it relevant. And we're so isolated. We're, we're very isolated. And here we have a tradition, a, you know, Coralie, we're a European tradition, right? You know, but singing about snow in winter at Christmas time is not relevant to us. Mm-hmm. And I think particularly with young children particularly it's important that we ground them in the Australian landscape and that's where we live and if we're going to talk about music being relevant and if we're going to talk about making sure that our children are singing within context it's really important that it's about where they live and our history and it's um, you know we're we're just so lucky we are so lucky to have brilliant composers. I admire every single one of them because, as you say, it's a very difficult way of earning a living. But you just, you know, I look around and see new composers all of the time and I hope that I hope that we keep encouraging new composers because it's very important. And, yeah, I love exploring anything that any composer will throw my way. I, lo- I love it. I think we're I think we're just really lucky. And why go why go elsewhere when you've got brilliance on your doorstep? I mean, I think it's really important. There are there are things in the choral canon that you do need to say, you know, I do want my high school choir, my to learn Mozart's Ave Verum. I think that's important. I think it's important that that we sing, you know, music of different genres and different languages. I'm not saying that we shouldn't. We have to, because that's part of being inclusive. You know, we have to understand everybody's tradition we do and I'm I'm not saying that we disregard that it's a very important part because also we have a responsibility to make sure that we are educating our choristers in different genres and different languages and different musical idioms and large works and small works but I think I'm talking from my educators hat here now when I'm talking about school children um, primary and even secondary that it's important to make sure that we're we're not discounting what we've got right under our nose, you know. Yeah, I'm a very passionate about Australian composition, and it's it's great writing. Could not agree more. I very powerful. I believe you've started dabbling a little yourself. Yeah, dabbling is the word. Dabbling is the word. Uh, yeah. So this is this is a this is a very confronting, you know, try, mm-hmm. trying to be trying to compose. It came out of, look, I haven't got a lot of compositions. They're all unison. At the moment, I am just writing unison music and it's all pretty much Peter three because I see um, a real demand for, you know, good unison music that is relevant to our kids. And a couple of years ago, a gecko fell on my head one night while I was having dinner, like it literally fell on my head and it just <laughs> slid down and I don't like echoes. And I remember, oh, like I can still, I'm still going like this. And a colleague had sort of said to me, you know, Jen, my grade twos and grade threes are ripping through the repertoire. Like they're just going through repertoire. No, uh, you know, I, I can't keep up. This was at the school I was at. And please, please, I need some more. And I need some more. I'm like, oh my goodness, I need to come up with something. So the gecko had fallen in my head on the Friday night. And on Saturday morning, I got up and and thought, right, you're going to have to write a song because, you know, Nerida needs a piece this week. So what are you going to do? You're just going to have to write something. So I wrote Mr. Gecko and (laughs) 
And, and and she's like, I love it. It's great. And it was from personal experience. So I wrote a couple of more things that, you know, same situation where she'd come to me and say, I can't find a piece for the storybook day. I can't find something. Can you just write something for storybook day for me, please? And, you know, I'll do 45 minutes of your uh, of your marking if you go and write me something. I'm like, deal, deal. <laughs> so it, it, it kind of came out of a, oh, please, can you have a go? Because I can't find something. So anyway, so, yeah, I've dabbled a little bit and uh, I've just I've just written something for Deb Daly, actually. Deb Daly wanted to, she said, can you please write me something that I can use with par- a parachute? Jen. Oh, okay. You'll have to share. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. And she said, can you write me something? I said, okay. All right. Yeah. I I can do that, Deb. And, you know, I I just, you know, Deb, Deb's an amazing, I call her Saint Deb, by the way, because what she does with those kids is incredible. I could never do it. So I had to go and write something because Deb needed it, you know? And uh, so I put my head down and went, all right, let's go. So yeah. So I've started to dabble in that and you know, I reach out to some people. I've got a few colleagues who, hey, can you give me uh, some hand with these with these this text? This is kind of the idea I want, but I don't want complete sentences. And here's a couple of ideas. And what do you think? And you know, um, Josh got back to me. Josh wrote, helped me write the words for Little Waves and said, here, what do you think of this? And I'm like, love it. Let's go with that. And I've just written another piece actually for our young boy. We've got a Young Voices Festival coming up in June. We've reignited our Young Voices Festival. So we couldn't find a massed piece. And I said, okay, I'll just have a go of writing something. So I wrote that and then I went to Katie Littlewood and said, right, Katie, uh, how do you feel about writing a piano accompaniment for me? You know, because she's like, sure, love to. So that's been fun too, is reaching out and saying, well, here's here's what I want. And like, you know, you're, you're a great piano accompanist and musician. Do you want to have a go at doing this? And Kate said, yeah. And going to Josh and saying, hey, Josh, you love writing text and, I, and I'm not great at writing text, but I've, I've got an idea of what I want to do. Will you have a play at this? And he, yeah, sure. And so I love that part too of collaborating and saying to people, you know, let's let's try and do this. So that's been fun. And I get a I get bored a bit easily and quickly, Deb, sometimes. And I get to that point where I go, all right, this is let's keep moving, sort of thing. So um look, it's uh but a small portfolio of compositions, but it's something that I'm having fun with. So time will tell. Time, time will tell if that goes any further. The best musicians have to write music for the youngest children. It's not, yeah. It's not. I think, that some people make the mistake of saying, oh, it's just for little kids, that's easy to do. No, it's not easy. And a beautiful unison melody is just as difficult as writing, you know, six-part harmony. I, I really well, think that beautiful unison for young children like you've actually chosen something quite difficult to do but yeah important you have to really think about it you have to really think about what is important and you know where where it sits and and that's why I was kind of when I when I wrote Little Waves I said to Josh I don't want sentences I don't want long sentences I just want little ideas because Deb wanted the parachute and the things that the parachute can do and hiding under it. So we've got a, a line in there about, you know, hiding under a shell and the storm comes and all sorts of things. Because when I was like, what am I going to write about a parachute? And then I actually decided I'd write about waves instead and that the parachute would 
working with beautiful waves and a storm and all sorts of things. But um, it is tricky. It is really tricky because you have to think, are they going to be able to do this? Can I put in something there that's just going to extend what they might be able to do, but not make it so that it, you know, it becomes frustrating for the conductor to try and, you know, you've got, it, you've got to think about it really carefully because you want it to be successful and within their within their grasp because of the age. So, yeah, no, it's fun. It is fun. But anyway, watch this space. <laughs> I think that's going to be amazing. I'm looking forward to that. I'm going to, I'm going to write that down to explore Jenny's pieces. That sounds <laughs> fabulous. We're looking forward to that. All right. We are now getting up to the nuggets of fabulous. The nuggets of fabulous. All right. Well, look, my nuggets are fabulous. I think for me, we touched on this before about being flexible. So my nuggets are fabulous from my point of view, from a workshop, being a workshop presenter and being a conductor, learn to read your room. You need to learn to read the room. It's a skill, but it's very important because we need to engage with our choristers and we need to engage with our students and being able to see where they're at at a particular time for me is really important. I need to read their energy. I need to see, you know, you, you know when you get to a point where you think you've got to let this go. You actually have to let it go because if you keep trying to, sometimes you've got to just let go and yep. go. I'm, Don't I'm not flog the to... dead horse. Don't flog That's the exactly dead horse. That's exactly right. <laughs> And so by by doing that, you have to go in with a, a level of flexibility and being flexible is also something that it comes with with experience, doesn't it, really? Because I think when when you're a first year teacher, you're so you're so worried about, you know, how long have I got and I've got to teach this much and I've got to get them ready for this exam and I've got to cater for this differentiated learning at the start. Like you just so I think locked in, that's the word for it, because you feel you've got to stick to a plan. And I think it's also confidence. You also, when you get more confident about your own ability and knowing that it's going to be okay, it's going to be okay. Nothing's going to be that diabolical. You know, we've all had situations where things have gone off the rails in a performance, like so be it. That's what happens. That's music. But I think reading reading your rehearsal or reading the room, reading what's there and being able to adapt and being flexible, I think that's very important. Keeping it fresh is very important. When I start to feel that I'm not feeling I'm not feeling it, I'm like, oh man, I've got to write my warm-ups now for tonight. And I'm just like, oh, then I actually go and look for something new. Go and look for something new. Go and and dig out, you know. My red book, I've got a red book. I've got a little red book of all these little warm-ups and games and sort of things that I've gathered over the years from different people. Or I jump on YouTube or I, you know, I, I'm so lucky. I work with Justine Favell oh, twice a week. Beautiful. I know. How lucky am I? My partner in crime is uh, is Justine and, you know, she's so brilliant. She's just so brilliant. And there's another blessing I have in my life is working with Jay. But, you know, I'll go to Jay. Jay, will you do your, will you do the warm-ups tonight? And she's like, sure, no problem, you know. And and I watch what Jay brings and just go, oh, my goodness, you just, you know, she, she just comes up with the most incredible things. And so you've got to keep fresh. You've got to be excited about it, you know. I love introducing a new warm-up. It's fun. And I think that's important. 
if you you got to find some fun in it. So, yeah, I think they're my nuggets. I think it's if you love it and you're excited about it, then your kids will love it too because they'll see your excitement. You might have to convince some of the older, you know, some of my teenagers, it takes a little bit when I go and do something a little bit that they go, oh, I'm a bit too cool for school for that. And I go, no, you're not. You're not too cool. Just do it. And they actually do it. And they go, yeah, that was fun. That actually was you know, you're never too old to 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 play to stop the train or um, you know, do this old man with you're never too old to do that. Mm-hmm. So I think that's it. My nuggets would be read the room, be prepared to change it up. So be flexible, keep it fresh and have fun. And I think if you do that, you've got success because you're engaging and you feel good. Yeah. They're my nuggets. I love your nuggets. <laughs> Okay, I'm going to steer us to advocacy. Yes, very important. It's vital and we just need to do more of it, all of us. So what sort of advice do you have for us? So it could be specifically about singing and choir if, you know, Mm -hmm. you wish, or it could be more broader for music educators, whatever ideas for anyone working in this field. Do you have some suggestions to help us around advocacy? Yes. I do. I think it's really, really important that we know what we're talking about. I think it's important that we can substantiate any conversation that we have. And, you know, we are so incredibly lucky to have Dr. Anita Collins. It is, you know, we had Richard Gill. Now we've got Anita who provides, if you're, if you don't follow Anita and Bigger Better Brains on social media, uh, media, anyone who's listening, you need to do it straight away. Get onto their newsletter list because they give nuggets all the time, little, you know, substantiated research articles, ways to just get people to understand how important music is. You know, singing is our first language. Say that to people and they look at you. Talk about the statistics of the extraordinary things that happen when when people are suffering from dementia or stroke, yet they can sing and remember things that they learnt from an early age, you know. So I think it's important to be able to substantiate what you're going to talk about and the research is all there. So read it, read it and, and grab it. I also believe, I think there's, you know, we've got people who are who are saying and advocating for us through research and and general education but we've got parents and principals and other teachers right here every time they walk into one of our concerts or one of our rehearsals Mm -hmm. so my thing would be make them do it get them to do it get them to come to a rehearsal and do some warm-ups where the kids are doing coordination and you know and say would you like to come to a rehearsal in the morning? How good did you feel after that? Do, do this warm-up with us. When you have a concert, get the parents to do a warm-up or teach them a sing-along or something fun. And I know that can be frightening. I know it can be frightening. But wherever I can, I always try to involve the audience into understanding what their children are doing. And I don't necessarily go down the talking do you know that when your child comes to this is the parts of the brain that they're using? Da, 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 da. I just go on your feet. Let's go. Let's sing. Let's do this. Let's do this activity or, you know, and get them to do it. And I know you'll feel resistance, but if you feel brave enough, 
you can, you know, I'll quite even quite sometimes say, oh, see, I've got a couple of non-believers out there. Come on, let's go. And, and you know, do I need to get the house lights up on you? Do we need to? And, you know, in a, in a little bit of jest, but, you know, I always think that it's coming from a, um, from a place that they feel uncomfortable and you've got to make them feel comfortable. So my advocacy as a choral conductor is, is to involve people in the doing, get them to sing, get them to have fun, tell them that you've had your these children for a day's workshop and, by the way, they've learnt four new pieces and this is what they've done today. That's pretty incredible. And I always say to my kids, do you realise how your what, what you've just done in this 45 minutes has been this, 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 this? Mm. And if anyone tells you that singing is you know, boring or it's, you know, who, who singing's not, oh, hang on a minute. Actually, it's a physical workout and a mental workout and an intellectual workout and a coordination workout. And these are the skills. And I have to know what I'm singing, what words, what's the rhythm. My ear has to say it's out of tune. My brain has to fix it. I've got to put movement with it. I've got to know what the person next to me is doing. We've all got to do the same thing at the same time. All of these things are going on in a song. So don't forget that all of these skills, guys, you're bringing to to my room every time you sing. So you're having just a bigger workout as a soccer game or, a, you know, playing chess or, you know, I never I never try to be de- divisive in what I'm doing. I don't say this one thing is better, but I'm just educating them because they'll just think we're coming and singing unless we say, no, it's not just the singing. It's actually not just the singing. It's all of these things around it. And by the way, there's also the community making. That person next to you in choir is your buddy in the playground or when you're walking. You know, this is the thing I used to love um, is that whole community. You're you're empathising and you're relating and you're, you know, you're learning about another culture because the person next to you has come from a different different background or whatever. Well, we learn that when when we're in a when we're in a choir in an ensemble. So I think for me, the advocacy is what can I do to get others to do what we do, so they can understand it and feel it and feel it and understand why their kid comes bouncing out of the room after choir or why they've jumped off the stage at the end of a concert so proud of themselves and so excited. And the parents go, I understand, I understand, because I felt but a little bit of that joy and accomplishment, you know. So. Yeah, I think that's that's my tip for advocacy as musicians and choristers. If you can do it, do it. That'd be great. Thank you. That's a great tip. And all of us at some point has some sort of concerts, don't we? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. So I, I think that's fabulous. And we're coming to the end, even though I think there's been so many powerful things you've already said. I still like to finish with a little summary of a chance for you to get on your soapbox and tell the world something that you think is really important to say. Yeah, I think we've touched on it. Don't ever stop learning. Don't ever, don't ever stop grabbing ideas, advice from anyone. My whole life, I feel like I've just been influenced by so many people and I'm still in awe of so many people that I just, I think if you can just always keep your mind very open to learning, just learning, 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 and ask people for help, ask them for guidance, you know, email someone and say, hey, look, you you know, I'm just wondering, I'm having, 
I'm having a little bit of difficulty with something. Can you help me? Having people come in and like, you know, I I love people coming and listening to my rehearsals and saying, oh, you know, have you, did you hear that? Or did you hear that? Or, you know, and coming in with a different, they've come from, they're coming in cold and you've worked this same piece for ages and they hear something completely different and say, hey, did you, there's something not quite right there or whatever. I loved that. You know, some people would probably find that a little bit confronting. I love it. I love people coming in and and hearing and giving suggestions and ideas and things like that. So, yeah, I think that's it. Don't ever be afraid to ask for help. Don't ever be uh, close to other ideas or just keep learning, keep learning, learning, learning. That's my biggest thing, I think. I love that. And Jenny Moon, it has been a delight. Thank you so much for speaking to me. No, thank you for asking me to talk with you. It's been great. We have a lot to learn from you and Uh, your generous. No, I'm not sure of that. (laughs) And no, we absolutely have. And you're generous enough to share. So thank you. And until next time. My pleasure, Deb. Farewell. Bye. Enjoy the last part of your holiday. (laughs) Thanks. I appreciate you and all of my colleagues and hope this episode has been enjoyable and useful. Don't forget you'll find the show notes on crescendo.com. I'd love a share, rate or review to help other music educators find this podcast. All I can be is the best version of me. All you can do is be the best you. Until next time, bye. As we know, laughter relieves stress. Don't lose sight of the funny side of life. I used to have a fear of hurdles, but, but, but I got over it. <laughs>